Hey, Sam. What? You know how there's the rumor Walt Disney's head is like frozen or something and he's actually still alive and they're just waiting to bring him back at the right time? I guess. Why do you bring that up? Because that's exactly how Avatar The Last Airbender starts. Well, not exactly, but close enough. Well, this is a kid's show, so I'm not exactly sure that can happen. Well, too bad. We're going to talk about it, because I'm Tyler Strandberg. And I'm Sam Albus. And this is the Avatar Podcast. Yep, yep. On this podcast, we watch the Nickelodeon show Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode and discuss it in detail. We talk about plot, themes, and character development throughout the show, as well as anything else we may notice that's also relevant to what's going on in the Avatar world or what's going on in our world. At the end of each episode, we'll talk about who our favorite character was, as well as give the episode a rating on a scale of 1 to 10. You're listening to the Avatar Podcast. Yep, yep. Okay, Sam, so today we are watching the first episode. Watching, we watched it. We've, uh, this is, we have already watched the first episode, the pilot episode um, of season one, which is titled Book One, Water. Um, and it's called The Boy and the Iceberg. Uh, do you want to? Yes, wanna, it is. All you, of those things. It is. It you, is all of those things. Do you want to summarize it? You want to read yeah. a summary? Yeah, let's just, uh, I'm just going to read this off of the script right now. <laughs> We scripted this. Yes, we scripted this. <laughs> the banter and everything. Yeah. The banter. We're reading we are, off of a script. We are reading off a script right now. Yes. Simultaneously. We're just very good at it. Yes, we are. We're reading, yeah, verbatim, word for word. Okay, speaking of reading, you should read the summary. Yeah, I'm going to do it right now if you stop talking. <laughs> the overview of this episode from avatar.fandom.com reads... While fishing, siblings Katara and Sokka discover Aang, a young boy frozen in an iceberg. After freeing him and his flying bison named Appa, they learn his identity as an airbender, long thought extinct, and bring him back to their village in the Southern Water Tribe. After witnessing the beam of light that shot through the sky after the two broke through the ice, Zuko, exiled Prince of the Fire Nation tasked with finding the long-lost Avatar to restore his honor, becomes intent on capturing him. While playing, Aang and Katara mistakenly trigger a booby trap in an ancient Fire Nation ship, revealing Aang's whereabouts to nearby Zuko. Um, other things you need to know about the episode, the episode premiered in Nickelodeon on February 21st, 2005, and it was written by Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konietzko, who also created the show. Fun facts for you, in case you didn't know that they were the creators. This thing premiered oh, 15 years ago. Oh my god. Yeah, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be almost 15 years ago. I was just a wee lad. <laughs> I was just a wee lad when this That was the point. It's a kid's show. Just because it's a kid's show, though, doesn't mean that it doesn't have some serious themes, which is what we're going to talk about now. Yes, we are <laughs> going to dive straight into the themes here. And the first theme we want to talk about that is like pretty obviously prevalent throughout this entire episode is war. I mean, we see that directly in the intro. It is established like right away that there is a war between the Fire Nation and pretty much everyone else. Yeah, their world is just thrown into just like chaos. There's fighting nonstop. Like it's um we learned that the Fire Nation is kind of seen as like evil. Um yeah, that's, that's kind of the, like, main takeaway from it. Um, I mean, in terms of the mean, the uh, the theme of war. Um, and it's it's kind of, they're, it's, the Fire Nation are introduced as just the evil villains, kind mm -hmm. of. Um, just 
introduced as the antagonist, like if you look at Star Wars, like the you know the Empire are the bad guys or whatever. Is and this there isn't a Star Wars podcast. Yeah, it's but Avatar I'm trying. I'm <laughs> drawing a parallel to another popular piece of media, um, where or I mean, you Star can, Wars is sci-fi. Avatar is fantasy. Yeah. Okay. There's still fiction. Okay. <laughs> so so it works. Um, I mean, if you want, I can just draw the comparison to you know Nazis, but. Oof, yikes. Maybe not go there. <laughs> Oof, yikes. Um, <laughs> I think you did. You already brought it up. But, um, yeah, we we learned that at least to the Water Tribe, or if you want to get even more specific to Katara and Sokka, the Fire Nation are just pure evil. Yeah, which we see that later, too. Like, when Aang starts to introduce himself in Appa, um, Sokka, 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 that's a character. Sokka is, um, skeptical when he's meeting Aang and Appa. And he's very justified in doing that because he is, um, unsure of what they bring or the secrets they may hold. Little do they know the secret that Aang holds. Um, but yeah, he is very skeptical of them. Um, he is like trying to... I don't know. What I want to, yeah. Pick I want to say something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pick up this slide. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Sokka's completely and utterly justified in thinking the way he does because, I mean, they, they are in the middle of a war that has taken almost everything from them. And I think because of the responsibility that was left to Sokka, you know, Katara says in the intro that their father left, you know, them to take care of their village or whatever. Yeah. So Sokka feels that responsibility to be that, you know, kind of masculine figure in the village. So it's, I think he's entirely justified because of this wartime to be paranoid of Aang. Because also, like, they've never seen an airbender before. They don't know what an airbender looks like. Yeah, they're just completely skeptical of what is going on. And they have every reason to be skeptical of the Fire Nation, too. Katara says this line. Probably trying to signal the Fire Navy. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's a spy for the Fire Navy. You can tell by that evil look in his eye. And I think that really speaks to how they see the Fire Nation. They see the Fire Nation as this, like, one-dimensional kind of um, people, group of people, and they're just evil. They don't see him as anything apart from that because that's the only interaction they've had with them. It's just black and white. You know, there's good and evil, and, you know, there's no good in the Fire Nation. They're just, you know, they're just evil people that go around and, you know, kill everybody, invade everywhere, and take what they want. I mean, because that's all they've really seen from the Fire Nation so far. Yeah, that's all they've ever experienced, so... I also Makes think sense. it's really interesting, too, how much um, the war has shaped their world. We see that later when Aang goes to meet the village, and he talks about, um, he shows the villagers airbending. And they don't really even, there's a lot of, like, a surrounding bending. They call it, like, magic constantly. Like, Sokka calls it Katara's water bending magic water. And when um, Aang does airbending in front of the village. One of the kids says, like, magic trick, do it again. And so, like, it really just shows how much culture the war has taken away from this group of people. They're such a small tribe in the south. Of, like, Katara is the only waterbender. They barely know what bending is. Like you said, the nations are broken up by what element they can bend. You know, Fire Nation, Earth Nation, etc. Um, so, like... It, it's it's very sad that they're they're calling their own water bending magic, and I can't help but think that is because of this war. I think it's and- really cool too because um, Katara, as a water bender, wants to learn more about her culture, 
And she asks Aang if he can teach her waterbending. But, like, she doesn't even know that he can't teach her waterbending because he's an airbender, you know? Like, she doesn't know the difference between airbending or waterbending or any of that. And I, that's just like, oh, God, that's so sad. I can't even wrap my head around that. That's so sad. Yeah, it, it is. Absolutely. Um, furthermore, on the theme of war, this is the last point I want to bring up on this topic. Um, Aang's playing with the kids, and Sokka runs over to him, and he says, Stop it! Stop it right now! What's wrong with you? We don't have time for fun and games with the war going on. What I'm war? like, God, if that doesn't speak to, like, Sokka's character just in whole, like, being so afraid of, like, an attack that might be coming or something that they could experience that they don't even know what time it could happen. It's just, oh, my God. Yeah, he, it's like, he doesn't even feel like he can take a break or relax or whatever because... You know, the Fire Nation are always looming over them, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's it's incredibly sad that they just can't, you know, be kids. Yeah, that's a good jumping off point to our next theme we yeah, want to talk about. Yeah, but we'll talk about that right now when we dive into the next theme. Oh my theme. god, wait, what? Yeah. And <laughs> we have then, another theme? There's more than just one in this episode? Yeah, there are more. We did our research, no right? No way. <laughs> yeah, so the next theme we want to talk about that is very prevalent in this episode is innocence. And let's go back around to the intro. Back to the again. intro. Back um, up to which the is top. a very, I will comment right now, is a very succinct and very informational. Yeah, they kind of just like throw a lot at you. At but I don't think there. it's I don't think it's like I don't think it's too much to digest. No, you know, it's no. it's pretty it's pretty um it's pretty easy to understand but that maybe just because really I've like, watched it yeah, multiple times I wouldn't say it's really like overwhelming but it is a lot to process like especially as a kid it was a lot for me to process I also jumped into the show like in the middle of it so I didn't start from the first episode I think most people did like because book two is the book I remember the most because yeah, that was that like was always they, on reruns on always Nickelodeon. absolutely um okay so let's actually talk about this now <laughs> let's uh, like stay on topic a little bit um, so yeah on our theme of innocence in the intro katara um says that their father leaves for the war and katara and sokka are left to tend to the tribe sokka and katara are meant to look after the tribe and it's like, so much of their innocence has just been, like, taken away from them because they're still kids and they have so much responsibility That's placed on them. That's a big responsibility it's to huge. put on, um, you know, a teenager. And, I mean, they're both teenagers. Yeah. Right? But, like, pretty, like... They're very young people. Yes. Let's just say that. Um, that's yes. a pretty big... Um, but that that's also, like, a parent thing to do is just, like, you know, when dad leaves, just, like, look after the house for me, son. Yeah. Another interesting point is that there's still adults there. There's still adults, like, in the South Pole, but they mostly have kids. And also, Saka and Katara's father was the chief of the tribe. So, in a way, like, it is kind of passed on down to them. Even though they are teenagers, they are still kind of, like, in charge. That's a lot of pressure it is. to put on your kid. It is. And, like, Saka is the oldest guy there. Like, that's no, true. Honestly, he did kind of become the, I'm doing air quotes right now, like, man of the tribe. Yeah, that's very true. And as far as he knows, and he hasn't had, like, a parental figure to guide him in this, but he is, you know, the elder, the man, the the warrior of the tribe. And he tries his darndest to, you know, fulfill that 
you know, as much as he knows because yeah. he doesn't know a whole lot about being a leader. Yeah, and he's you know? 15 at this point. And I believe they said in the intro that they left about two years ago at this point. So they left him, like, they left when Sokka was just 13. Like, that's still very, very young. Aang is 12. Yeah. Like, Sokka was basically Aang's age when he had the whole village to look after. Which, I mean, like, Aang has to save the world and all, but, like, that's another topic, whatever. He's mm-hmm. the Avatar, so... I want to move on to the next example of innocence in this episode, and that is when Katara breaks the iceberg. Oh my god, yes. I love this scene. Oh yeah, when she when, when they she's are like on the boat. Freaking out and yes. she's water bending behind her. Yes, exactly. Ugh. And in this scene, we basically Katara casually drops that their mother died yeah, sometime in the earlier. past. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned that. Um so she casually drops that. It wasn't, like, shoved in your face, you know, just, like, our mom is dead. It was just, yeah. like, casually it thrown. It wasn't one of those, like, stupidly dumb, dramatic moments where Aang is, like, where are your parents? And then Katara's, like, well, our father left for the war. And then Aang goes, what about your mom? Don't you have one? And she goes, No. Our mother was killed by the Fire Nation. I mean, like, yes, that does happen a little bit later in the series, but, like, we'll get to that. But, like, that would be a terrible way to first do it, and they don't do that. So thank you, Brian Konietzko and Michael DiMartino. Yeah, this scene really, like, shows that Katara and Sokka are, you know, taking leadership in the, in the village in very different ways and have very different perceptions of how it should be done. Yeah. I think Katara has a lot of, like, valid things to say, yeah. you know, about Sokka not being appreciative because, right. you know, she doesn't explain. She kind of shouts at him that she's taken on all the, quote-unquote, motherly duties, Um, you know, something that traditionally the think, female like, in the household... caretaker is a better word. Yeah. Like, um, still very laborious work, but... Uh, yeah, what, let's just... We're assuming, like... We're assuming gender her- stereotypes. Yeah, heteronormative, <laughs> heteronormative gender stereotypes. stereotypes here. So just bear with me on that. Yeah, so we're seeing Katara take on more of a caretaker figure, and then Sokka is more of the like defender of the village, or like the warrior, or the like male elder mm-hmm. of the village, whatever label you want to put on it. Yeah. So they they are both taking like different roles in the village and things like that. Yeah, which I like this part of it too because you can still see how like. They're still so, I don't want to say, like, immature. That's probably the wrong word. No, like, that is the right word. <laughs> no, but, like, still very young. Um, Naive. Yes, um, because Katara is thinking in the sense, like, I've done this, 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 and this, and you haven't even noticed. Where on the flip side, like, Sokka has done a lot for them, too. Sokka has filled in a huge, huge, like, um, hole that they that his father left and Katara hasn't really noticed that either she says to him like you've just been off playing soldier you know so like I think it's really interesting how they've both done probably an equal amount of work for each other but neither one of them really notices honestly because they're both probably taking advantage of it um there's this next part which um made me very sad again because it's like Kind of wow. A sad we should have yeah. We should have picked sadness as a theme for this episode. For you, I have a Twitter thread about how many times I've cried on Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, follow follow Tyler on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. You'll get my info at the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, Aang and Katara go penguin sledding, and there's this very brief moment between them. Let's take a listen. 
I haven't done this since I was a kid. You still are a kid. That one. Oof, that's intense. It's like, delivered so like lightheartedly, so it doesn't like hit you until you think about it. And then when you think <laughs> when about you it, think about it, you're like, you're like, Oof. oh, you, oh my you, god, like, do the sad. thing. You like do the thing where you like look at the ground. You're like, oh, wow, she <laughs> really just said that. <laughs> that's like, like they really said that. Oof, yeah, that's hard. That that hits me hard. Yeah, um, that is like one of my favorite lines probably in the entire show, just because of what good writing it is yeah. like and what it conveys you know it really conveys that katara doesn't see herself as a kid or somebody capable of having a childhood yeah. so and she feels as if she's grown up because she's taken on these roles and responsibilities of somebody that is much older than she actually is yeah i think it also does a really good job of showing how ang throughout this entire episode is like kind of the representation of innocence, like this theme that we have, right? I mean, he sticks his tongue to his staff, like when he's meeting the kids. Makes a he, joke about his pee freezing <laughs> in the igloo. And then he like makes them a slide for Appa. And at the end of the episode, it gets even more heartbreaking when we realize that he was in the iceberg for a hundred years and there's this war that's been going on. It's like all of this innocence that he's had was just is just like taken away from him. Yeah, and it's not revealed in this episode to Sokka and Katara that Aang is the Avatar. Oh my god, stop. But what? Stop. What? Do we know he's the Avatar yet? Yeah, we we kind of get, get the con okay, get we the can context assume, clues. We can assume. <laughs> we can assume that the audience knows the he's audience the avatar. We can assume, but we don't know yet. Okay, we I guess we don't know for sure, but like <laughs> he like when uh, Katara is like putting two and two together is like you were in that iceberg for a hundred years, and then and he's Hank's like, like literally hundred years. Yeah, and he holds a hand up he to his like, head, and he's like, "Oh, uh, oh my god, what's half of a quarter? Like an eighth? How would you say eighth? He has like an eighth life crisis. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have your midlife crisis I would call and your that quarter like, life crisis, but he's like not halfway between. I would call birth that like a quarter sixth life. life crisis. No, like. Half of 25 is 12 and a half, and Aang's 12, so he's, like, eighth. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but, like, what is the what is the average life expectancy in this Okay, world? we're moving on. Okay. Aang is having a life crisis. At what point in his life, we're not sure. And that is the end of the episode, where we just ended right there. Nothing nothing else happens. Everything We talked about everything that happened in the episode. We did not miss what are you doing right now? <laughs> what do you do? Like, like you're just speaking words. Like, and whatever. It's it's pretty interesting that a lot of the themes in this episode were really centered around the characters. Oh my god, you're so right. And we're going to talk more about that. But first, a quick break. All right, we're back. We're back. Before we left, we had just talked about the main themes of the episode, war and innocence, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that in these characters. Don't you think, Tyler? Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, obviously the plot is one way to show a theme in an episode, but you also show them through the characters, so of course it's going to pop up. However, this is the pilot episode, so the most important things about these characters is how they're introduced and what we learn about them. Yeah, so a pilot is actually, like, the main point of a pilot is to get across the point of a show. 
what the like what the show is about basically and an introduction of the characters to get you attached to them and get you to want to see more of them. Um, and I think the show does that really perfectly with most of the characters, like all of the characters that have been introduced in this episode. I think it does a really great job of doing that. Um, I especially think it does a really great job of doing that for Sokka. Um, Sokka's very first line actually says, It's not getting away from me this time. Watch and learn, Katara. This is how you catch a fish. And I love this line. I love this line. It's one of the best lines in the whole, in the whole, not show, episode, in the whole episode. Um, It does a really great job of setting up who his character is. He says, it's not getting away from me this time, which shows that he's done it before. He's persistent. He's going after the fish. Like he's tried over and over and over again. And he's probably failed before, but he's going to keep trying. And then he says, watch and learn, Katara, which shows that he is kind of like sexist. We see that throughout most of season one and a little bit throughout the show too. And then he says, this is how you catch a fish. Like, oh my God, I just, I love this. He's like, it shows he's persistent. It shows that, like, he's a little bit sexist. God, I think I had three points, but I'm only thinking of two right now. Whatever, who cares? And yeah, um, just great keep, line. Like, yeah, just keep in mind we learn all of these things from that one line. And, like, the things he says throughout the episode just continue to support that. But if you're, like, really paying attention, yeah, like, just from that line, you learn all, you know, all of those things about his character. Um, he doesn't give up. That was the third thing I was thinking of. Um, he's persistent, he's a little bit sexist, and he doesn't really give up. Um, later, he also, like, shows a lot of leadership and responsibility. Um, he teaches the kids, like, how to be soldiers, even though they're just toddlers, too. Um, he's constantly trying to take care of Katara and make sure that she's safe. He really, takes on the responsibility as the, like, you know, the... The defender, the the leader, the protector. yeah. The yeah. defender of the village. Um, so it does show that he is like a pretty responsible person and he takes that very seriously. Yeah. God, he just has such great lines in this episode what too. What is that thing? This is Appa, my flying bison. Right. And this is Katara, my flying sister. What are you talking about? You're kidding, right? Penguin! <laughs> He's kidding. Right? Come on, Abba. Yep, yep. Wow. That was truly amazing. Abba's like, just tired. That, that shit's just funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I am a huge fan of, like, dry, sarcastic humor, especially as an adult. Like, I may or may not believe that Sokka shaped my humor. So, like, watching it again now, it, it really hits. It hits me good. <laughs> yeah, like, A-plus delivery, too, on those lines. Like, because if those lines weren't delivered well... I mean, they're not going to land. And these are kids, too, like, in the voice roles. Like, these are actual kids voicing them. Um, I don't think Dante Bosco is. I think he was a little bit older than Zuko was. Yeah, along with being sarcastic, uh, Sokka is also established as the comedic relief. Uh, He gets wet right away. That's pretty funny. So Katara (laughs) drops... uh, You really sold how funny that one was. (laughs) Well, it's... I'm sorry. Do you want me to He gets wet. That's really funny. He gets wet. It's so funny. No, like Katara's water bending above him and he like raises his spear that he's trying to catch the fish with and he pokes the bubble of water and it splatters all over See, him. that's funny. It is funny. It's funny. That's what I was saying. You gotta you sell it, bro. it wasn't being funny. You gotta sell it, bro. Okay, well, it was funny. Um, later, I too, really, yeah, I really like when 
when <laughs> Katara like makes fun of him for like he's just like, well, I'm not the one that makes his, makes poses in the water. Muscles. And then he, he's making like muscles. Yeah, in the water. and then he actually does the pose, like does it in the water. He's like, yeah. he has like his sleeve rolled up to look at his muscles. It's so dumb. There's also the point. Um, where Aang runs into the watchtower when he's flying around and it kind of just collapses and Sokka is in disbelief because he worked so hard to build that watchtower. And it's like a little bit sad that we're laughing at Sokka's hard work getting destroyed. That's like laughing at when an adult kicks over a kid's sandcastle. Yeah. But like, it's still a little bit funny. I just like the exasperated, like, my watchtower. <laughs> that was a good, a good impersonation of that. Thanks. Um, I'm actually Sokka. Let's move on. Um, so Sokka's really funny. Sokka's a funny character. Um, and his sister, Katara, is not seen as a funny character, at least right now. Um, she is seen as someone who's responsible. Motherly. Um, I like that she's very quick to call out Sokka's sexism. I loved that. Like, you go. Like, hell yeah, girl. Yeah, immediately, it's like they're established as contrasting characters, you know? She is more serious than Sokka is, though. I wouldn't say that they're foils of each other. They're definitely not foils of each other, but they are um, different ends of a similar spectrum. This is where I think, like, they're still similar. You can tell, like, they're siblings. Um, Katara's also shown to be very persistent in that, like, she's continually trying to work on her waterbending. Um, that was just... Ugh, that's so cool to me. Like, Yeah, I mean, she's got, like... a a pretty like decent base for having just like taught herself how to do it. You know, at least she can like move water and kind of get it to where she wants to go. But I think that's still nevertheless like pretty impressive because she's only taught herself. Yeah. No teachers whatsoever. Yeah. She's still kind of letting the water guide her instead of like her she's guiding the water but she's still getting a hang of it. Um, we talked a little bit about how Sokka was very skeptical and how he's kind of a pessimist, I wouldn't say pessimistic, but a skeptical person. Um, I think he would refer to himself as a realist. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, but Katara is very optimistic. Um, we see that when she, she runs right towards the iceberg as soon as Aang comes out of the water. Um, she is very hopeful that he can teach her bending. Um, she literally says in the intro that she hasn't lost hope and she still believes in the Avatar. She asks Aang if he knew the Avatar. She's still very full of hope. She's still a very hopeful person. Katara is a very pleasant character and I think a character that people like immediately connect to. Yeah. You know, like I, she was definitely the character I connected to when I was oh, yeah. younger. I loved Katara. Yeah, that's just the kind of characters I go for. Like, obviously I liked Aang too, but I'm pretty sure I didn't like Sokka when I was younger. <laughs> like, at least in this episode, like, oh my God, you're kind of like, kind of a dick. I mean, like, I think you're supposed to kind of be laughing at him and making fun of him a little bit. We touched on Aang briefly, but let's go back to him. We said that he was the embodiment of innocence in this episode. Mm -hmm. um, and we're just going to touch on those points again. We already talked about this, but we said, like, a few examples of that are him sticking his tongue to his staff. Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. Peeing that. and making a joke. Uh, penguin sledding. The first thing he says when he pops out of the iceberg is, you don't get penguin sledding for me? Thank you. That was, that was a perfect that was a delivery. Great impersonation of Aang. Yeah, I did exactly. a very good job of doing that. 
Yes, he did. Yeah, the the thing he wants Stitz to do, like, I mean, obviously he's unaware he's been asleep for 100 years, but even so, I think you have to be a little bit aware that um, you just woke up from uh, yeah. being in an iceberg, and but the first still, thing that he wants to do is go penguin sledding. Yeah, he still wants to just goof off and have a good time. Apart from that, really, though, this episode, we don't learn that much about Aang. Not like we're kind of just like, oh, fun kid. Yeah, cool. not not really. He's just kind of yeah, surface level like introduced. You but know, I think that works well because like we're just supposed to like him right now, right? Like this is a pilot episode. We're supposed to get attached to him as a character. He clicks well with Katara. We it's been established that we want to see Katara succeed, and we think that he will help her in that way. So we like him, and I think that's good enough. Um. Then we see Zuko and Iroh, and I love this. We learn that Zuko is a very hot-headed person. He's a hot-head boy. Yes, he's, he's a, a very hot-headed boy. Hot, very angry, angry boy. Fiery. He's a very angry hotness. boy. Yeah, he like uh, blows up. He just blows up at his uncle and like, like shouts things. I'm like, take a shot every time he talks about capturing the Avatar. You would be drunk by the end of this. Yes, episode. you would be very intoxicated. He is very desperate in his search to find the Avatar. Yeah, very because you know his honor depends on it. His honor, my honor. But we don't learn about that until like a little bit later, I think. But that's fine. Um, that's all we really learn of Zuko right now. He's hot-headed. He's the villain. He wants to find the Avatar. We also learn a little bit about Iroh. He's a paternal figure to Zuko. He is pretty laid back. We see him playing Pi Show and, uh, no, he's not playing Pi Show right now. He's playing, like, a card game. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like Mahjong or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, it's also established that he's a pretty powerful firebender, or at least somebody that you know, has enough knowledge where he is kind of like, he is a master to Zuko, you know, showing him the, you know, firebending forms on the ship. And then, mm -hmm. you know, Zuko with his fiery nature again, says just like, you will teach me the next set. Yeah. And Iroh's just like, I think it's interesting how Iroh talks about firebending as an art form. He talks about the way you should do it too. And that like, it doesn't come from the muscle, it comes from the breath. So that way, like, we learn it's not just bending isn't just about raw power. It's like anyone can do it as long as they have the right technique. But yeah, that's really like all we see from like the characters. That's really it. Yeah. But like overall, I think the character introductions were pretty good. Yeah, I think that's okay too because I think any of the character introductions that we missed this week um, will be like made up a bit next week, particularly Zuko and Aang. But that's technically the next episode, but we'll talk about them later. What did you think of this episode? Well, Sam, I would love to tell you what I thought about this episode, but first we have to take a quick break. And we're back. We just got done talking about characters. We're just about to wrap up this episode. But first, Sam, I want to know what you thought of it. Well, my favorite character of this episode was and is Katara. Ooh, a good uh, choice. Yes, Katara is such an immediately likable character from the start. You know, calling Sokka out on his sexism, um, just being a very, like, empathetic and nice person to Aang. And, like, I, I don't know. She's just instantly likable and relatable and 
Yeah, that's why she's my favorite she character. She really embraces that Lizzo vibe. You could have had a bad bitch. Yes. Yeah. Like very. That's definitely the first <laughs> thing I thought of when I think it of Katara the first is thing Lizzo. I thought of when I saw Katara. <laughs> it's true, but yeah, Katara is is just great. Obviously, she's my favorite. Well, Tyler, I talked about my favorite character. Who was your favorite character Thank in this you. It episode? Took you long enough to ask me. Um, my favorite character was Sokka. Um, which is a little bit of a surprise to me. I didn't think I would like Sokka as much as I did in this episode, but he just had a very strong start. I thought, like, we learned the most about his character. He also has a lot of funny jokes. He does. I laugh at all of his jokes. I love his dry sarcasm. I think that's a testament to, like, how good the writing is in the episode, because we've watched this first episode a lot. A lot. We watched it a lot of and times. And I still laugh at all the jokes I still enjoy episode. it. It's still a good episode. Yeah. But, but, hey, 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 hey. We haven't reached the verdicts for the episodes yeah, we're, we're yet. We're getting into a little bit of some verdict talk right yeah, now. Yeah, some verdict territory, and I'm going to switch it up. What is your verdict for this episode? Ooh, what is I what? Just, I just gave wait, wait, my wait, verdict on wait, my favorite wait, they character. Don't know, they don't know how we do it. So um, on this show, we like to do a very traditional um, ranking system, 1 through 10. And we don't do the American grading system where 50% is a fail. We do a standard where 50% is a middle of the road. A 50% would be like a C, you know? It's not good, but, like, it's not bad. It's just there. Um, One is pretty terrible. One is sufferable. One is, like, I hated every minute of this. And 10 is a perfect episode. It might not be perfect in every single way, but there is something about it that makes it a perfect episode. So, Sam, what is your verdict on the boy in the iceberg? Well, my verdict for this episode is I am going to give it a 10 out of 10. I think it's the fact that we've watched it so many times, probably like three or four times by Mm -hmm. now, um, and I still laugh at all of the jokes. I still like, you know, after pouring over how the episode is written and, you know, the intro at the beginning and how that's presented and like all the things throughout this episode. And I still think it's fantastic. Like it is the perfect pilot. Mm-hmm. Like all the like very important characters in this episode are introduced beautifully. The writing is fantastic. The humor is fantastic. It's a f- yeah. Perfect episode. Yeah. So I talked about my verdict for this episode. I want to know your verdict for this episode, Tyler. Sam, I would have to agree with you and give this episode a 10. Ooh. It, we would agree. We do. It's 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 a perfect pilot. Um like I said earlier, the point of a pilot is to introduce all the characters and introduce what the show is about and it does that and it does more than that. It goes above and beyond. And I think that it's um, not just a good setup for a kid's TV show. Um, I think it's a perfect setup for the reason why I'm making this podcast the best TV show of all time. Wow, that is quite the statement to It really make. is. I do firmly I do. believe Avatar is the best TV show of all time, and that is why I'm making this podcast. Yeah, and we are here to uh, change your mind We're here on that, to, too. Uh, <laughs> prove it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so says the uh, Avatar expert. 
And that's all we have for this episode. A huge thank you goes out to our producer and audio engineer, Aaron Bogan, along with his production company, Son Events Production, and Annie Galloway, who made our cover art and our graphic and is our graphic designer. Make sure you join us next week. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's super helpful to us. Don't forget to tell a friend about the show or share the show if you like it. If you want to get more involved with our Avatar content, please feel free to reach out to us. Send us questions about the show, fan theories you have, what you thought of this episode, something we mentioned that you liked, or something we didn't mention that you wish we would have. Our email is airbenderpod at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at airbenderpod. Both of those are A-I-R-B-E-N-D-E-R-P-O-D. You can also follow us on Instagram with the same handle. If you want to keep in touch and stay updated in the Avatar fandom, make sure to join our Facebook community page at the Avatar Podcast Yip Yip Community, where you can discuss the show with other fans and ourselves. You can find the link to that in the description of this episode. I'm Tyler Stramberg, the host, creator, and co-writer of the show. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, both at TylerJohn7. That's T-Y-L-E-R-J-O-N and the number seven. I'm Sam Albus, the co-host and co-writer of this show. You can follow me on Twitter at Sam underscore Albus or on Instagram at Sam Albus. That is A-L-B-U-S. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Bye. Yep, yep.